in the consistency, you, in the consistency and communication. Like if I do have the, I'm out of town for yep. for a month, I'm still communicating because I'm still very much connected. And a part of the consistency comes from the connection. Shit must go on. You know. Mm-hmm. Can, can you uh, go get my headphones? And we, and we cranking up right yeah, now. Yeah. So um. So yeah, okay. man. I appreciate that. I'm not here to go. Absolutely. The game, the game and, and what's so interesting about it is um, be, because of the traction that we're getting, when I do get some of those interviews around the magazine or maybe the book, people will say things like, well, I know you have the podcast. I am so quick to redirect. I'm like, I'm a, mem- I'm a, I'm a part of it. I'm a co-host. I love being a part of No Labels podcast. But redirect that to the visionary who is Willie G. This is his idea. If, if for any reason I can't show up, it goes on. You know, um, Willie has breathed life into this go. thing, and he's still building around. And if y'all can see all the things we're building behind the scenes, um, you know, we're positioning ourselves for whatever that next thing is. We got—I know—we have a lot of conversations about things we want to do with live shows, and want to kind of maybe connect with a college circuit and campus ministry. Somebody, somebody, come book us for for a live event. We yeah, want to talk yeah, to y'all. We want to come and do this on a live scale, but. Um, there are so many things that Willie has been building in the background to support that moment when it comes. And so we talk about it. We have ideas for it. We actually was going to do it earlier this year. It didn't happen, but it doesn't mean that we aren't still building towards it. And so when it comes, we'll be better prepared for it. Um, but again, shout out to the consistency and the vision. Yo, shout out to um, labels. For no labels and the visionary. Shout out to Shout out to labels. Nobody, nobody does it alone. Nobody does a lot, and really, like I, I, I really asked me to do it, and I was honored to be asked, and I prayed. It's something I prayed for. I said I would, because people <laughs> still to have my own podcast, and I'm like, I said, and I remember saying, Lord, I don't want to have my own podcast right now. I would love to co-host one. That was my prayer for months before you ever reached out to me, and then Willie hit me. I remember it was earlier that year, and you hit me up in like December of that year. Okay. What's going on, people? This is No Labels Podcast. I am your host, Willie G. We got Miss Audrey in the building. Hey, y'all. We got the queen in the building, Miss Keandra. Hey, baby. <laughs> and we are, we are on it, man. Listen. We, yeah. You know, I'm you when, yeah. I, when I do start to be like, man, oh. a lot. You know what I'm saying? It's just like. We in here, baby. No Labels Podcast. <laughs> you know, comfortable. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. It's supposed to stretch. It's supposed to be burden to a degree. Oof. And you got to, you know. Let me oh, say, when you hear the word, when I hear the word burden in that context, I always think about, and I remember I was with some friends, we went to see it in the movie theater, The Avengers, and somewhere in one of those opening scenes, and we all just had like a whole extra like saved moment, like, yes, but Loki said, I am burdened with glorious purpose. Listen, and I what was is? like, <laughs> yeah. yes, Loki, yeah. I too am burdened with glorious you got, purpose. You got to be a real Marvel fan to understand that. Yeah, yeah, so shout out to all my Marvel fans out there. Shout out to everybody who's seen all of the Avengers and all of the Marvel movies in order. I have done that at least three times, definitely during the pandemic. You got to be a real but Marvel that, fan. But, but that, that uh, sentence, I was like, Loki got a whole different purpose and he's very destructive with his stuff, but I too am burdened with glorious purpose. And it is, there are some things as uh, like holy frustrations and holy and divine burdens. And you don't see those things as a negative when you understand the magnitude of the purpose. I think purpose is meant to be like, even in the clip, it was like, oh. Uh, the burden of it is what makes it significant to you. Yeah, it makes it your purpose. But sometimes it feels like it's. Sometimes it, your purpose feels too much. So at, at moments. Yes, at but moments. that. But that is. I think that's by design to keep us dependent on God. It is. If if you felt like it was within your natural capacity to do, then why would you need God? Why would you need to consult with Him for next steps? Consult with Him for wisdom. Consult with Him. Um, for anything, if if it was within fully within your scope of your own humanity and your own intellect and your own experiences, it has to be bigger than you and it has to feel like too much. But also that feeling of this is too much for me, but I also, as much as I feel like it's too much, I know for certain that I'm called to it. Yeah. Yeah. That should drive you to prayer. That should dr- drive you to the one who gave you that purpose. That's facts. That's facts. That's a good way to... That's a good way to start the pod. Well, here we are. You know what I'm saying? How y'all doing? All right. Are right, we good? I, I, everybody, I'm good. You good on this Sunday? I'm good. Hey, look, man, we're going we're gonna to crank it up. I want some icebreakers. It's a lot going on, but I'm going to minimize it. Okay. But I wouldn't, be a, I wouldn't be a podcaster if I did not hit y'all with this. Okay. 
Carly Russell. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let's let it breathe for a second. Let, I I have to say, I have to, we have to at least touch it. Carly Russell had black people all across America looking crazy. She didn't have me looking crazy. You feel what I'm saying? Straight. Bro, black people ain't. Were you, were you looking? Were you looking for your cousin? Black people don't ride for people like that. Should, I didn't really get the full scope until we had kind of circled back around to oh, this is yeah. got a little crazy. Um, so I wasn't overly invested. That did pull me a little bit, but also it, but also it pulled out some more questions. Like, well, okay, well, I need more context. But I wasn't. It was for me. It was a scroll thing. I didn't stop and marinate. I, I wasn't overly I invested. I was, in. I was very invested because I was like, dang, my child has been on. The, my child wanders. Well, I, we have a child. Yeah. Him, and my child was. I'm like, oh my god. Now people are afraid to stop. Yeah. Like that pulled my heart. Can I say she out here being a good Samaritan and all mm-hmm. that stuff? Like that. That's a really, that's a really important, that's really an important perspective, though. So like that concerned me because as a mother, like, right, right, as a mother who 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 experiences, who, who experiences something like that because you have a um, beautiful daughter with autism. Oh yeah, listen, Harm is a whole character. We love her. Listen, man. Uh, I ain't gonna touch. But I'm just saying, like, when Justy Smoke, when I ain't gonna say his real name. What's the what's the Juicy Smoke? Juicy Smoke. Is that what Juicy Smoke is? Whatever. Dave 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 Juicy. The black people when when he came out and said that that was, we said nothing. We let fam. Nah, black people ain't say nothing. But for Carly Russell, bro, Beyonce, Beyonce mama said something. Man, listen, everybody. Oh. Tina, Mama Tina knows what's in there. Everybody was saying something about this lady, and then come, I and, really did not get. And then come to find out, there. it was about it was about a dude. It was her man. And now she done okay, turned. Okay, I don't even know the full. Give me her quickly. Her had broke up, and she was trying to she was trying to do throw something drastic out there so that he would he would he would care. But he was, I guess, the whole situation was over with. So he's like, I'm about to get kidnapped. Maybe he's gonna want me. He's the second, third, just. She, she just went, she took it a little too far. A little too far? So all I saw was like little highlights here and there. And then I saw the clip where the guy, uh, the um, the law enforcement official was reading her Google search history. And I was like, oh my. I just want to say her Ooh. mama, her mama, true, her mama, her mama stood beside her. That's my child. I'm just saying, I'm just saying like. Like that was that was crazy. Like we don't know, like we don't know what's going on with her mentally, but obviously to do that and now she done turned this dude on. This dude followers jumped up for whatever to like twenty thousand, all women. And like all these women trying to see what that's about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So so what she did to get back or whatever the case was. Like he gone. Like he done found he filed a restraining order on her. And I'm not gonna make this gossip, but I just had to mention the Carly Russell joint. Well. I do got another icebreaker okay, on, on, some, on a more serious joint. Okay. Uh, Florida saying that we benefited from slavery. <sighs> and trying to put it into black people benefited from slavery. The governor of Florida and those who back in and um enable him the the idea that an entire group of enslaved people benefited from from that enslavement to teach that as a part of a history to rewrite history. Yes. That's that's how it comes across to me. Like we should be grateful. And actually there was a lot of benefits of slavery that we don't talk about. Maybe there's a reason why we don't talk about the benefits of slavery because what? And and just to be clear, listen, uh, Vice President Kamala Harris went right at it, and I echo all of her sentiments, everything from tone to facial expression expressions. I echo, um, uh, because, well, it's so insulting. It's like you don't know where to start, and for the black people that co-signed this initiative and. It is a very real and scary possibility that two to three generations from now, those Americans will be believing that slavery was not a part of our history in the way that it was, or even wasn't at all, 
or it was a beneficial part of our growth and development as a nation. And I think that is, first of all, untrue. Second of all, unfortunate. Third of all, dangerous. Yeah. I mean, uh, just to be clear, just to get all the facts out. And offensive. I should have started with a, it's so offensive. That was passed in Florida? That was, did that, that did that get passed? Yes. So that's going to be taught in the educational systems Apparently. See, that's crazy. Yeah, that we gotta uh, we gotta do something about it. Because he's canceling all the diversity, equity, inclusion initiatives throughout the state. He's going like in colleges and workplaces. He's just. He's really trying to rewrite our history. And what's so cow- what's so cowardice about it is in a couple of those interviews because he's on the campaign trail. He's running to be president of this whole nation. So somebody put, we are forced to teach. We are forced to teach about slaves, and they were indentured servants. Indentured servants were different from slaves, and if you want to dissect that history, that's a different conversation for another day. Yeah. But this man is running to, to govern this entire to to rule, not rule, but to to preside over this entire nation. And if you want to take Florida as a prototype, the NAACP a few weeks ago, maybe about a month or so ago, like put out a whole like safety warning for black people like hey heads up you might not want to go to florida yeah that's crazy yeah that's crazy. and it's not reflective of the hearts and minds and common sense of all floridians so let's be clear about that oh, that ain't florida let's be you clear that about that, you know that but the same florida. thing with like the nation certain things that's going on you know with the supreme court and and a lot of people who still deny the results of our last presidential election and all these different things is concerning and it's dangerous. And it would be, I'm, I'm here for the, for the jokes, the SNL style jokes and things like that. It would be more funny if it weren't so dangerous. It's dangerous. Like I, I feel bad for the, for the, for the black teachers. that's like, bro, I gotta, I can't teach this. Like no one, like the educated teacher, like you can't blame the teacher because they have a job to do. They have, they have a, a job. But then, but from that point, consider the ripple effect. How many teachers will say, you know what? I am not going to teach in Florida. You already got businesses saying, I will not do business in Florida. You already got doctors, specifically OBGYN, say, I cannot practice because I got into this profession to actually help serve people. and help people who need my help. And I know how to help them, but the law tells me I can't. That's crazy. And so the ripple effect of things like this paints a picture of a world that I would not want to live in. No, that's that's wild. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stay too deep on that, but that's that's crazy, man. First of all, hey, also, also, look, that, right, listen, we that's we need to be talking glacier, about that glacier breakup. We need to be talking about that because that's that is not but, but that is do. not factual history. Uh, we we that's that's a problem. And me personally, I would not. As a parent, I will not let my child be taught that. I don't like no. It's certain things. I mean, it's certain things. I I I come home and I tell my son, look, this ain't true, but this is the game that you got to play to graduate. See, let me ask you this: Do you feel like how do I want to put it? The, things like this are going to create an appetite for segregationists again, like to the point like we just need our own. Like for for example, I had an uncle who uh, who was legit. A segregationist. He was like, "Listen, I, I ain't trying to be with nobody. That ain't trying to be with me." Yeah. You know, and I can absolutely respect that that approach, that mindset. Yeah. You know, considering he was like the um, my uncle, but he's my my grandfather's brother. So they, you know, older. He's passed on. Yeah. But from considering he's born in the early 1900s, you know. But no, they were like, "No, your uncle T was a segregationist." Because basically, like, I don't. I'm not. Why am I fighting to be with people who are? This evil and vile towards me. I rather just, I rather just have my own. We good, you know. But but do you get things like Black Wall Street and then the government bombs it, you know, and things like that. But do you think with things like this, do you think it would increase the appetite for segregationism? It it could. I mean, it could. And 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 the thing is, the thing is, like a lot of black people, a lot of older black people live by that statement. Like it, it was, they would tell you it was better when black people. Just would be like black people just had their own stuff, like Black Wall Street. Like yeah. the thing is, it's a it it's a belief, and and I I, I understand it because it's like I, I believe in it to an extent as well. It was like America don't want that. America wants black people to be what black people has always been. The biggest con- the consumers, workers, yes. workers and consumers. They don't really want us to go out and creative, create our own stuff and creatives and creatives. And it was like if we, you know, what I'm saying. 
They want to keep that as a status quo. You know what I'm saying? Keep buying stuff. Mm-hmm. Keep creating this stuff to make his money. You know what I'm saying? But nah, we we don't want you. We don't want to split up. We want you here. Yeah, we are a force, but but that force uh, exists best in unity. Well, you know, but also, just because we're a force together, we also are not a monolith. Yeah. All black people don't think and reason and believe in the same way. All black people. And so if we, so from that perspective, you got to find a baseline of humanity, yeah. and then you yeah. have to go back and realize in what parts of the world is race even a thing. You know, when people yeah. go on, like, race is a social construct. Well, then, if we needed to construct this, wh- who benefits from this construction? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it's so many di- It's so many layers to this particular onion. It's a lot of layers. It's so There's, many listen, layers. That's a whole episode. But yeah. we got, I got one more thing for the icebreaker, and then we're going, we going, we going to the main, the main part. <laughs> but this is an icebreaker, <laughs> and I want y'all to know, it's quick. Do y'all care? The act is straight. Content is by the angle. I was blown because Gladiator 2 was coming out. They had to cancel Gladiator 2, which I'm blown about that. That was on the way to come here. They was about to create Gladiator 2. They're not creating Gladiator 2. But first of all, now, I, I will say this. I'm going to say my point. Now, we all look at actors as rich and all that, but it's a lot of regular jobs affected in this too. Yeah. It's, a lot of, uh, it's a lot of cameramen. It's a lot of uh, audio people. It's a lot of people who are not making millions Absolutely. affected by this. So in that case, I, I, I say that's, it's, it's, a, it's a bad... It's, but what y'all thoughts? Because a lot... I mean, they they giving these people the business on TikTok and YouTube. Like, basically, Who's like... Who's giving who the business? The actors. Mm-hmm. Who, who, like... They basically, like, on some, on some job. Like, okay, now y'all want us to kill? Like, ain't, ain't there y'all... And y'all ain't did nothing when we was losing everything during COVID and like that. But, like... But they basically saying now y'all want us to chime in mm-hmm. that y'all not getting uh, y'all money right now. Mm-hmm. So it's it's, kind of, it's it's almost like the same feeling when them billionaires went down that submarine and it was just no empathy for the extremely rich, but they're still humans. But it was no empathy across the board. Basically, like we don't that's rich people problems. Mm-hmm. That's that's what the that's what the temperature was across you know America in a lot of ways. And now it's the same way with actors like. That's rich people problems. Mm-hmm. Y'all know about the strike, right? Uh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And I will say this for me personally, I, um, because it started with the writer strike, and it's this is not the first time I've I've watched for years the ebbs and flows of when the writers go on strike. And as a writer, you know, I think the first writer strike that I really saw, remember, I was in high school, and I was like, what is this about? Why are they striking? So I had some like. I started to do my own research on what causes things or what prompts people to really kind of go into these situations. Um, I will say the um, the few actors that I've seen, just because I have been so, I haven't been consuming a whole lot of social media in the past couple of weeks, but I did see Leslie Jones um, on TikTok address the actor strike, and I think she did it in a great way to hit all the points you're talking about. She's like, listen... I am fortunate. I am rich. I have done well for myself, but it took a long time for me to pop. But also, I represent a very small minority of the individual wealth in this industry. Yeah. Think about every extra. Think about the people that got a couple of lines. Think about the writers. Think about all the camera crew. Think about when you see a scene on screen, the number of people, like, you see, like, for example, an episode of Friends, you're going to see six actors. The number of people making that scene happen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I would notice during award shows, these actors that I loved for movies and shows that I love would begin by saying, you know what, we have amazing writers. Because it's easy to kind of fall into that, that you, you buy into the show. Yeah. And so, you, I mean, I'm going to stay with the Friends example. So you think Rachel and Ross are real people and yeah. not characters and not, you know, David Schwimmer and Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. And you think that that Phoebe Buffay is not Lisa Kudrow, and these are separate things, and writers created this world. You know, so, so when I, I, it always struck me, even back in middle school and high school, when I would see on award shows, people thank the writers. And, they, and all these people that they would thank in their acceptance speeches or people we never heard of. Yeah. But that always kind of resonated. I'm like, you know what, it counts in the credits. Yeah. And when you think about, yes, the percentage of millionaires and billionaires who get to the top of 
that celebrity part of those industries is such a small, when I say tiny fraction of it. But And so it's always beautiful when you hear those, that level of that artistry advocate for every, because they know. Yeah. But Leslie Jones did a really great rant, yeah. you know, about like, listen, she's like, yeah, I made it. But she was like, most, most people don't. Yeah. She's like, you know how long it took for me to break through? And then even those people who do reach that status, you don't know who all they're caring for. That's real. You don't know, you know what they're connected to. What they're connected yeah. to. You don't know who they're putting on. You don't know. Excuse me. And so and because this particular strike is coming out of AI. And I already was taking issue with some of the writer AI before this strike even started. Of, as a writer. Speaking of AI, like the craziest thing about AI is like they now one thing I thought was crazy. They trying to bring people extras in, pay them two hundred dollars to get a body scan, and now and they can use that in perpetuity for, for all eternity. That's the words used. Yes, for all eternity. Yes, that is crazy. I'm gonna pay you. So 200? I'm gonna pay you two hundred dollars one time to get your image, and I can go and make millions and billions off of this imagery. I can come and put words in this imagery. I can I can really create an avatar of you, and you might be somewhere in a one bedroom apartment struggling. For all eternity, but, that's crazy. And then, and then, and and then, here's the other thing that, and another thing that people don't consider. Because sometimes I would consider certain things like why do certain celebrities need certain things? But when you do hit a certain level of status, you do need to be able to 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 break away from everyday life. You know, where you talk about like Janet Jackson will say, "Listen, I just want to go out in the park." I, she will put on full disguises just to go out. So you do need enough money to support your life because you are such a public figure yeah. that you can't go to you just can't just go to Target. You can't just go to McDonald's. You can't just go to Walmart without getting mobbed. You can't go and imagine somebody that got paid $200 to be an extra in a film and get a scan that's used in perpetuity, in perpetuity for all eternity. And then their image is put into a project where they are the front face of this thing. And this film is made. So they got all this celebrity coming because of their image, but they've only been paid $200 forever. And now they can't even. And so then you got to pay to get security and restraining orders and things like that because people love you. And you can't even go out and live a regular life because you're famous, but you don't have any wealth to show for it. Man, that's that's crazy. just from the actors and the imagery that's side. Wild. From the writer's side, I take issue because I know what goes into the writing that I put out. Yeah. I know the words that live between the words that you actually read on paper. I know the research that informs this. I write with emotion. Right. And I know how to put emotion into a sentence. Yeah. And I may not, like even when I would interview people, I was like, tell me everything. It may not, and if you tell me that, hey, Okay, I'll, and I have and I have clients, and I and I don't take anybody's trust for granted. But I've had clients, and I've done interviews. They were like, "Hey, I'll tell you this, but please don't include it in the article, or please don't include it." But I was, but and I, and I, and I always respect that. But because they told me, it may inform a word choice that I actually do put in their bio or do put in an article, but because they were honest with me and vulnerable about something that I agreed to keep private, it does inform. And so I can still pull an emotion out of what they told me and still protect their privacy. AI cannot do that. Yeah. They have to like chat GPT and all that stuff. You have to study writers like me and able to spit out what you spit out. So they're basically still in your intellectual property. Do you feel threatened by AI a little bit with AI writing? No. No, okay. Because of that, but, because now I, I do do I do I see how it could eliminate a lot of writer jobs? Yes, mm -hmm. I do. That that's a very real thing. But if I strip it down to the heart of what I do as a writer, yeah. I'm not threatened by AI. Now, if you if you in a place where your writing and a certain type of writing sustains you, and that can be replaced with the technology, that is legitimate cause for concern. Yeah. But from from just the pure art of writing, mm -hmm. technology has to study what God put in me and the gifts that I have grown and, and, and honed over several years and continue to practice and grow. You have to study what's already been written yeah. in order to pull this AI in to be effective. But, that's but, I, but I do think it, it, it does present a real danger to the workforce. To, to, to everybody, to music industry. Yes. To, to write, but I mean, the only thing. So I stand with the with the, the actors and the writers who are striking. On a lighter note with that, like, just to, just to be funny, like, bruh, it's about to be, you know how dry it's about to be? 
Bro, we ain't about to have nothing. Bro, listen, all the actors gone, Lily, bro, rerun Central. We about to be watching the, uh, the the Chinese karate movies with the, uh, you know what I'm saying? What I'm hoping will happen, and I actually said this um, as a retailer because I started working in retail before online shopping was a thing. You got no series coming uh, out. <laughs> I, okay, so let me go back to that. I heard an article where somebody who was an advocate for AI, and they were very enthusiastic, and I was like, this does not sound great to me, but it really is like living in that alternate universe. They were like, well, imagine, um, let's say you have a series that you don't want to end. Let's say you didn't want friends to end. You could go into a system and and type in the scenarios you want to see played out, uh, and, this, and AI could spit out a script, and we have these images, and you can kind of get a show. And you, it, But that's da- like dangerous. You're going to live in this technological world. It's like... I already have to pull back from shows that don't end. I like things to wrap up. Yeah. Like, I was in for Grey's Anatomy. But once we got to 17 seasons, I was like, listen. Grey's Anatomy is from the devil. No, it's it's great. But it really becomes that soap opera. But that can be dangerous. Here's the point I'm getting at. Same thing with retail, where I I did it before online shopping. So I'm like, Black Friday will never be, it'll never be the height of what it was because I was in it before online shopping was a thing. It'll never be that again, just because of that. That was, but, that was great. But they were talking about closing down all these brick and mortar stores. And I remember working for a company who, um, there was a real chance that it would go under during the pandemic. And, um, you know, they, there were different scenarios of buyers to come and buy. And, they, and they, they really got the best case scenario. But one of them were like, hey, we believe in the brand, but we want to take it completely online. Mm. And I, I could see the appeal of that in this moment. But here's what you can see from the real side of it. It's just like as much as people like the convenience of online shopping, and I'm not going to act like I don't online shop. But what I do know is that people will shop online, but if anything goes wrong... They will, they will get in their car and drive and return to a store. Yeah. And at some point, if you make every... But like, listen to people that get frustrated with, like, for example, Cash App. If they have an issue with Cash App, that is completely online. You can never call and talk to an actual to person. So I'm money. wondering, and part of me, is I think, is a little bit hoping that we just kind of just, like, OD on, on all this technology for a minute so that we can revive... The value of humanity. I ain't lying. That's what I'm. That, I think that's what I'm hoping. We for. need it. We need it. We need it. But man, uh, yeah. That's that's that's, that's, that's all we got for the icebreakers, man. Look, you owe you. I want to get into the you meat and potatoes of you. This man. I want. I want to get into. I'm gonna let Willie lead, and I'm just gonna follow his lead. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, uh, listen, you owe you, right? The electronics missing up. Okay. Okay. This is uh this is this is where I'm coming from. You owe you. Uh it's about valuing yourself. It's about uh I just did a post on Facebook about value. It's, it's about and what that look I'm not necessarily talking about like in the way that a lot of people talk about it. I'm talking about it in a way I say it like this. Uh Valuing yourself enough to do what's necessary, what you know needs to be done, for whatever God calling you to do. And I and I I say this in the uh, we were talking before the podcast, and I was praying and and a picture popped in my head. Uh, it's a it's a story. If you don't know anybody watching, if you don't know, it's a story in the Bible when Jesus was when he healed a man at the at, at something called the Pool of Bethesda. Uh, and that's basically where everybody go. Everyone goes there to get healed or whatever. So it's probably hundreds to thousands of people there. And God just gave it to me like that. Like, in order to heal that one person, he had to walk past so many other other people that were sick. Just just because that's that's the one that his father said heal. And it was just show it was just show him. And, and I could imagine how many people were offended. How many, like, after he healed that one and just walked away out of the crowd, like, excuse me, you know what I'm saying? Excuse me, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like, like we got to really put this in real time. He had to walk, walk go heal that one, then walk past all these other sick Could you imagine, like, I'm a fill away. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this man just picked up his bed, and, and you walked past me in my bed, and, and it was just, like, Jesus was that dedicated to, like, I'm only doing 
what I'm meant to do at this moment. You know what I'm saying? I not I not only want to heal everybody here, I have the ability to heal everybody here. But I'm only healing the one that God is showing me right now. And it was just showing you like like some say one you're not called to everybody's storm. Everybody's storm is not your calling to put your cape on. Ooh, come on. Because you could you could miss out on your life call purpose trying to be uh supermans to everyone else and it sometimes value looks like saying no like valuing you looks like saying no like i want to help you right now but right now i just i can't because of what i got going on right now and i value it so much that i'm going to have to tell you no mm-hmm. right now and you're going to be offended you know what I'm saying? Because what you're asking me for like, is, is logical. But I'm going to have to say no. Yeah. I'm going to have to value myself and my purpose right now more than your storm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm going to have to. And that's not going to feel good, especially if you're a people person. That's why I made that example. Because this is, this is not just, okay, this is God in flesh. God is love. And I got to walk through a crowd of sick people to get to one and only heal that one, as we know of, and walk away and not heal nobody else. <laughs> so, to like, that's the kind of laser focus we get. And that we're gonna, we're gonna, I just want you to dive in on, like, just valuing yourself. Like, you done helped everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you done been assistance to everybody else. And it's like, value, now it's your turn, okay? Mm-hmm. It's okay to get yours. You know what I'm saying? Before you leave this earth, like, you can't pour from a, from a halfway cup or, or even an a empty, empty cup. cup. It yeah. got to be overflowing. You, you, so yes. you got to get yours first before you can dish it out. And it's like not even on, the, not even on just the me, me, me thing, but valuing yourself. And like valuing yourself to understand when, you in, like, when you're in a relationship, but it's not no reciprocity. You know what yes. I'm saying? Like all relationship needs some kind of reciprocity. Am I saying that right? Yes, you are. Reciprocity. And it was like, like, like understanding what... Understanding what relationships to say no to. Like, okay, you're good, but you're bad for me because you're draining me. You're only taking. Yeah. You're only taking. You're never giving. But I just like, we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna end my little rant <laughs> and just like you owe you this moment. You owe you whatever it is you going to achieve. Like you owe you you owe yourself that. You owe yourself to be a little selfish sometimes. You, you owe you. So I, there are a couple, there are a few, several, but there's some scripture, scriptures that tend to anchor me in no matter what the situation. Yeah. One of them is cast all your cares on him for he cares for you. I take God up on that as often as I can. But um, one of the things to think about is, and I remember, I think I made a reel or something. I put this out, but I had to learn that everything that I care about, I'm not assigned to. It doesn't mean that I don't care about it. And so if I went at everything I cared about, it would drain me because I'm not being a proper steward of my own resources, of my own emotions, or my own responses. But we cut out the middleman, which is, I would say, consulting with God, consulting a creator. So it's like, hey, God, I care about this thing. Let me cast that care to God, and he can help me to temper my response to what I care about. Sometimes my response might be to go into my account and put some money on a situation. Sometimes it may be to go and drive and give my presence to a situation. Sometimes it might just be to care and pray and keep it moving. Yeah. And and, and if you don't take that moment to consult your creator and cast all your cares, like I care about this, but I don't have the capacity for this. Capacity. And consulting, and consulting, yeah. consulting your creator is what keeps you um, aligned with your own capacity because if you didn't create yourself, you don't fully know your capacity. He does. Yeah. And so if you skip that step of casting your cares on him before you cast your resources at the cares, Ooh. it could really, really drain you. Mm, I had to just really learn that. Dang. Now, another perspective. Now, you got this pool that people go to for healing, right? Pool of Bethesda. That's the reason why so many people are there. Um... Here's a, just a different perspective. So, okay, some people might feel some kind of way about, like, well, why Jesus is going to heal that one when he has the capacity? Jesus has to be obedient and in tune to God to know who. But also, there, it, 
it may be an indication of the faith level of the one because if they're going to the pool, then their faith in healing stops with that pool of water. And what if God is like, I'm trying to shift this whole congregation of people that keeps coming to this pool yeah. that be like, you know what? First of all, I created the waters. Yeah. So this healing source, you're, you're you're stopping a little low with the source of the healing. If you think the pool is the healing source, then your glory to the healer is misplaced. You missed and it. needs to come up a little higher. You missed it. So is there one? And here's the thing that we know if we study some of the other interactions of Jesus with the people. The thing that would move Jesus was the faith of the people. Yeah. It's like your it's your faith that has made you whole. It's your faith that has healed you. And so out of all those people that were coming to this place that was designated for healing, how many people, if they got the healing from that place, because he was that's that the one that had been laying there for 38 yeah. years? Yeah, 38 years, yeah. So you got people that are coming and going, getting healing from this place and going about their business. But God is still like, I am the source of all healing. I created these waters. And just because you're getting good results doesn't mean that I, the source isn't still me. Yeah. But Jesus was always drawn in by the faith of people. Yeah. And so what if he was the only one there with enough faith, even mustard seed size, to believe that there was a healing source beyond that pool? Yeah. Yeah. And so if Jesus like, you know, who has enough faith to believe that's where the draw comes in. That's where the pull like why this one. Well, he had that one had the faith that drew me over to him and I can show and he can be a demonstration. So now all these other people that's been coming here, he's been coming for years. Yeah. This place is associated with healing. But if God's trying to show a whole set of people that the healing is wherever I am. It's wherever I am. Who out of all this congregation of people has the faith to believe that there's healing in, a, in another place besides this pool? <laughs> and that's where I'm going to go. And yeah. there's only one. Now Now that Jesus was able to, to demonstrate his power through somebody's faith, whoever else around saw, and maybe they didn't put so much pressure on the pool to heal them, and maybe their faith was redirected mm. to the true source. That's true. Just a perspective. That's a good perspective. I mean, I never I like it's 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 all different kind of way. You know what I'm saying? I, I appreciate that. Okay. You know, because some people might feel some kind of way. But let's say you don't want to get your healing, and people like, well, dang. Well, first of all, I've been here 38 years waiting. So first of all, you can wait your turn. Second of all, yeah. but second Chill of up, all, man. but second of all, if you get your healing from a source, you've been coming to this pool, and you ain't got it, and you keep coming to this pool, and you got your healing, but from a source other than the pool. Other people could feel some type of way, but now the responsibility is on the one who has been healed yeah. to redirect people to the one who healed. That's fake. Yeah. Redirect it's, to the healer. Redirect to the true source. So then. Not me. You know what I'm saying? No, that's that's dope. that's a that's a that's a fire perspective. I got another uh, perspective for you. Another, like this is why, uh, cause I was like, and this this all happened in the moment. Like God God taught me in pictures, but in, but anyway, that's why it showed me like success is a double edged sword. Yeah. Because as soon as you come to step, you, we see it all the time when you it's somebody right now on YouTube calling somebody fake and flaw. <laughs> they ain't real. Right now as we having this podcast, somebody is making a live video. Exposing some celebrities, telling them that they not real, this and that. Like, how, like people be real. They your favorite until they say no. Until they say no. Until they say no. Now they flaw. And I'm not saying that some people may be flaw, but a lot of times it just be somebody better over a no. And I was saying this like, like, like. Y'all feel that? I know. <laughs> to value yourself, to be obedient. To be obedient to whatever God calls it. First of all, because I was I was talking to my friend. Your friendship in over a necessary no, then I would charge you to reevaluate yeah. that friendship. Exactly, because like so was it, was, if the friendship was continued on me always saying yes, it was never a friendship. Friend. That was a that was a situationship. It it, it was a usership. It, I was a resource. That was a situation, and that's a part of value yourself. And it was like success is a double edged sword because it comes with success. It comes with whatever survives remorse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because you because it's not that somebody said it. Somebody said it. Like I ain't ever been a millionaire, but I will be one day. But it was like uh, they said it. Like you know, people people change. People like people change when you get when you get. I mean, we 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 see it in any capacity. But I was talking to my friend, and and he's now an elder. I ain't gonna mention his name, but 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 when we first uh, linked up, he was an usher. He was just sitting by the door. He was just sitting by the door. And that's what he did. You know what I'm saying? Humble job. Now he's like he's an elder. He was he uh he's he's in a higher place. 
And, and his life is not the same because of that. It's, he right. has different responsibilities. And, yes. and me as a friend, I, me as somebody who's proud of him, like, I'm cool. Like, I understand what it means to level up. I understand, okay, you, you on this assignment, I'm not. But a lot of people in his life could feel away because yeah. he's not, he can't be there like he used to. Not or, as accessible. Or, you know what I'm saying? All because he said yes to God. Yes. I, I, I can't. Be here like that no more. I got a lot on my plate now. Mm-hmm. Way more than I did when I was an usher. You know what I'm saying? So it was like even valuing yourself is gonna it's gonna offend people. Like yeah. saying yes to God is is gonna make people feel away sometimes. You know valuing what I'm saying? yourself and prioritizing your calling. Wow. Yeah, pri- prioritizing. It's not, the, yeah. not even that I don't care. Not even that because I, I remember and I went through a very similar journey where I just was like uh, uh, just I'm just going to the church from time to time. Eventually became a member, but grew into an elder and served directly under my leaders. I was fortunate to, our church was very family-like, and we all were encouraged to grow in what our gifts and talents were. And so because we did that, um, we were shielded from a lot of those negative effects of comparison because all of us were focused on what has God called me to do. And so like when I was elevated to elder, most people were so tuned in to what, to what God wants them to do. They knew that they knew that wasn't for them anyway. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So there was there was always the support, like, we need this. And I know I'm not going to do it because I'm not called to that. You know what I'm saying? So That's there right. was a different support system. But it sometimes, I, but I do remember the times where because I said yes to this, I don't have room to say yes to these other things. So now I have to respond with a no where I used to respond to yes. And I kind of want to say yes. But this other yes takes priority. There are times when my friends were going out regularly to this dope spot every weekend. And I'm like, but I got to preach. So I have to stay home and study. And I, I had to, and it, the humanity decided to want to hang out with my friends that liked the, the, the live music and things I was missing. Like I, I did miss that. I did wish I could go, but it wasn't so burdensome that I didn't miss it to the point of going back on my yes to God, but I did recognize it as a sacrifice, you know, and what's, and what's God reframed sacrifice for me is like a sacrifice isn't a loss. It's an exchange. It's just like, you know what? And it wouldn't qualify as a sacrifice if you weren't giving up something valuable Mm. that you perceive as valuable time with my friends, hanging out with my friends is valuable to me. Yeah. But you exchange it for the for the the belief and hope of a return that is something more valuable than the thing that you're sacrificing. And so once I viewed sacrifice as an exchange and not a loss, yeah. it really helped to temper my feelings. Like, dang, I'm sac- I'm letting this go. I'm sacrificing, and, and we were using I was using the word, and a lot of people do using the word sacrifice synonymous with lose. Like, dang, I'm sacrificing this. Like, dang, I'm losing this. Yeah. No, I am exchanging this experience for what I believe is going to be greater. From a longevity perspective, that's a good way to look at it. Perpetuity for all eternity. That's a good way to look at it. You know what I'm saying? saying? That's deep. But 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 you have to work (laughs) through those things kind of by yourself. Yeah. Because the call, and when it comes to that kind of stuff, God only called you to the thing He called you to. Even even if you share a title with somebody else, the expression of how you live through that title or live through that assignment will be unique to you. And so. I, you just have to, like, you know what? I care about all these things. And again, I, that same scripture works so many places. Like, let me cast, God, I care that I'm missing this. I'm casting all this. So if you if you can consult with God in the middle before you let your emotions run crazy to the point they could change your decision and restructure your priorities. And, 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 and then just, you can miss out on, on this future that God has for you that really, is like, if you sacrifice this moment with your friends, he may not say it to you, but the end result, if you hang in there, it's you are an example to your friends now. And now the, the your all of your whole friendship life has been enriched because you said yes and sacrifice this one. Ex- it's not you're not sacrificing the friendship. Yeah. You're sacrificing this one experience. Yeah. You know, and when you can take it and really narrow it down like that, like okay, I still have my friends. Nothing's wrong with the friendship. I just don't get to go out and hang out with them this particular night. Yeah. Bring it down and make it what it is and don't blow it up to something bigger. Like, oh, I don't like I don't have to completely sever myself from my friends because I've been elevated. Are you serious? No. But some they friends grow with me. Some friends will separate from you. They will, and that, but that's their choice. Friends, but those that's their friends. choice. But those are not friends though. And some of them are. I would argue that I would argue that some of them are, but the dynamics and the texture that's and tone a good, of that's the a good friendship point. has to yeah. change. That's a good point. I, would just, I can't show up for our friendship the same way that's a anymore. Good point. That's a good point. Because I, that, honestly, we get into the whole like ego analogies and things. Like, 
I can't I can't pull you up here with me because you would die in this environment. You got to put them in a different. I love you enough, but I but we can still we're still friends, but th- we have to change the way this friendship looks and presents and expresses itself outwardly. Yeah, and it was like uh So but, when people say no love loss, I think that's kind of really what that yeah, means. Yeah, so, sometimes it know. is no love loss. Like we just and that's a good friend though. So yeah. to to be able to understand like I see where you at and I'm just you know what I'm saying or vice versa. And another thing, like, reviving yourself is just that. Like, and this is just me and God. Like, like, like and we say it all the time. Like, it's not always about cutting people off. No. But sometimes you have to reevaluate where you have people. And it was like, basically, God, like God was showing, like, me, it was like, it's not, you don't got to cut them off. You just got to put them in a different place. Because yeah. the way... Cause the way you view them, like basically, like they don't view you like that. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't view you like you think they do. You know what I'm saying? So that's a that's an unequal relationship. Like they may view you as even like kind of like you're not at my level yet, yeah. which is cool. But I can't. Ooh, speaking of views, but I can't have you. I can't be in partnership with you. Like I, I can't. There was this live. Well, uh. uh Dr. Matthew Stevenson, um, shout out to him. He's 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 a very instrumental voice in my life. But um, he did a live. I think the topic was I took notes from it was the the pain of favor. But he started listen. It's really good. If it's still up, I'll send it to you. Um, but he might snatch it down. Got to catch him in the moment. But but there was one point that he made, and I wrote this sentence down. This sentence down because I was like, this is such a great sentence, a great perspective, talking about jealousy. And he said, we're talking about like your view. He said, jealousy, and I'm quoting Dr. Matthew Stevenson, the third. He said, jealousy is a mismanagement of your view of me. Jealousy is a mismanagement. Jealousy is a mismanagement of your view of me. Like you might see me in the right place, yeah. but it's tainted with negative feelings. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's no denying that. I am doing things that God called me to do, but maybe you feel a kind of way because you haven't really gotten with God about what you're supposed to do, and you see the movement in my life, and you're comparing it to where we were. We used to move together, and now it's being outwardly expressed in jealousy because your view is tainted because you're not aligned with God in the way that I'm trying to align with God. And so you're saying that jealousy is a mismanagement of your. So you're seeing me in the right place but the view is a little skewed because yeah. of how you feel about it yeah. so it's like just it's like it, you're it like it's just a mismanagement like you you see me you're still it's still a connection point there even if you feel jealousy it has to still be a connection point there of relationship in some form yeah but you're mismanaging the view if you see it as a reason to be jealous mm. so the water's got a little muddy mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying you feel away inside and it's, it's but it's going back to, to buddy at the well it's just like you know what if you saw Jesus heal me, and you're jealous. We all came to the pool. He's showing us is a whole different way. Yeah. He, I got healed, but Jesus is still right here. Yeah. yeah you there's could, still you a, there's a redirection that happens. And so if you throw all of that hate on me because I'm the one that got healing, yeah. it's my job to be like, well, it's still available. I don't have a monopoly on healing. Yeah. This is still available, and here's the source. I didn't ask and for And so... If you want now, 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 if I redirect you and say this is available to you too, and you decide you still want to be mad, that's on you, and it's a mismanagement. You're choosing yeah. to stay in that view, but when you see that this thing that you are feel some kind of way about is also available to you in a version that serves your life, then you'll come out of jealousy and be like, okay, how can I get some of that? Yeah, I mean, and, and it's like je- jealousy is 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 a. Uh, it's a book called Bait of Satan, and it basically it's talking about offense. It's called yeah. The Bait of Satan? The Bait of Satan by John Bevere. And, and it's called, and it's basically like the bait of Satan is offense. You know what I'm saying? And like how many people get offended as successful people and not knowing what, like, no, like no, not, not knowing what it takes to be successful. That's what I was going to say too in the other you know thing. It's like when I was talking about, you know, for me, my journey into um, growing in my career, growing in my yeah. church, growing in title, all these different things, growing in my gifts, calling and anointing. So many people's view is only what I, what I would call like the glory moments. Yeah, you don't see what I had to fight through. Like you see, I might minister a word for forty five minutes, and it may be really effective because yeah. I've been with the Lord. I have sacrificed my time, my energy. I've given myself over to study and prayer. Yeah. First of all, you don't see that part. You don't know the the hours and emotions of my life. You got battle wounds. that I gave. To minister effectively for 45 minutes. And you want to make the 45 minutes my whole life and think that I live with all these bells and whistles. 
and you don't understand. And, and then you want to compare that glory moment to the struggles of your life. And like, I probably got struggles magnified and had to push through to get here to yeah. be a blessing to you yeah. because of the, what the assignment God gave me. Yeah. And so if you hold people in this very singular view of the last project they put out, the last song they put out, yeah. the last post they made, or the last big thing they did, and it's like take into account what did they have to live through? What did they have to experience? What did they have to sacrifice? What did they have to study? What did they have to endure to get to this moment that for you to hold them in such high esteem, that moment is not the entirety and totality of their life. Yeah. No, no. It's, 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 so it's a small people place. People get into, that's when like beware being envious of what you don't understand. And that's, that's what most envious. And then just to feel it. Sorry, be, I felt away. Just to, yeah, I see you got, you got a little passionate. You know what I'm saying? Did. You got a little passionate. And, and man, listen, like, listen. All them, everything you said, like whatever valley you and God went through, whatever you went through to get to, it's like valuing yourself is also like fully embracing everything that you are yeah. and everything that it took to get there. Yes, 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 I am. I'm him. You know what I'm saying? And I say that confidently. Like like Moses ain't got to apologize. Like I'm, I, Moses ain't never had to apologize being Moses. He never had to apologize to be like, like, no, I need you to, I need you to, I need you to walk in all that. Cause that's who you are. You know what I'm saying? And if that makes somebody feel a way, that's that's a personal and that problem. Was, you know this, because I, I hit on it in my book, you know, where I was just like, I had to really overcome being perceived as arrogant. Yeah. But I'm like, if God called me to this and I don't fully live in what he created me to be. Downplay, am I going to downplay all that God created me to be because these people feel the way? Is that enough to go back to God and say, I didn't live fully in all that you wanted me yeah. to be because these people felt some kind of way? Yeah. I can't go back to God with that. And and I'm if I'm saying that I'm glorifying God, well, no, I'm robbing him of some of his glory if I'm not f living fully in what he created and called me to do. And so it is an honor to him to live out my purpose. It's a respect to his creation yeah. and his intentions towards me. He said, I know the thoughts I think towards you. I know the plans I have for you. I'm going to shrink back from the plans he has for me because other people feel some type of way. I got to account for that. Yeah, you do. And so here's the, if, he, if anybody want to perceive it as arrogant, I will gladly redirect them to God. Say, listen, there's a version of this for your life that's available to you too. Yeah. And also, don't even what you don't understand, but... Like, you can feel how you feel, but I can't go back to God and say I shrank back from all he created me to be yeah. because it made a couple of people uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable, too. Are you serious? It's going to be. I'm uncomfortable, too. It's a different version of discomfort, but I'm uncomfortable, too. It's a package deal. Like, you know? Because the, thing is, because the thing is that you don't want people to envy or you don't want people to be offended, no. but the fact is that they will. And, and but also, I can't absorb that as my responsibility oh. to coddle or to make them feel better. You get with God and find your thing. You do, and you gotta be you gotta be okay with that. Just like uh, like saying yes to God is like that's 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 just what it's gonna be. Like One that's thing just that my 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 mother. It's some hard nose that you gotta say. Some hard nose that you gotta say. It's so many things that my grandfather would say that my mom reminds me of because she was a daddy's girl. Like I'm a daddy's girl, but you know, let's say you have a heart that you really want to help the poor. Yeah. You know, but then if you start getting to a certain level of money, people will pull on you, and you have to be a wise steward over it. And one thing he would say is, like, if you really want to help poor people, step one, don't be a poor person. That's the, no, that's the first that's one. That's the first step. Like, and so what that means is that you have to be okay with coming out of it, being separate, and what people don't understand. Because what happens is sometimes the hate and all of the misunderstandings and jealousy comes from the very people that you have a heart to help. Yeah. And, like, you know what? I couldn't even help you if, until I came out. Nah. Same thing with my God did that with Moses. It's like he was just, he was the the chosen deliverer as a baby before he even knew what was going on. He was ripped out of his Hebrew heritage yeah. and raised Egyptian by the design and plan of God. But it's like it's is 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 how many of y'all? How many million of y'all? Yeah. And if the deliverer would come out of y'all from just the way y'all been doing things, I would not have had to disrupt this thing in this way. But I'm gonna have to pull somebody out who is of you. And make them separate mm -hmm. and, and raise them in what looks like a lavish situation to the point where in that particular scenario where he was on the side of those enslaving God's people. Yeah. He was raised in, on the enslaver's side yeah. of the enslaved. But he came from the enslaved mm -hmm. in order to be an effective deliverer. Yeah. 
That was, that was it, his joy. And then too, but that's the reason God had to send around like, like send them Aaron and Miriam because when he when God calls him back out like so he been called out of his people then called the people he was raised with so now I really don't I'm just a, just a believer without a home the church people don't like me the world don't like me oh my God what do I do God it's me and you mm-hmm. he's like listen I but I do know that I was raised in Egypt so I know how to talk like I listen I'm at home in the hood you can drop me off there and I'm yeah. good I don't know how to talk like these church people talk yeah that was the when 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 Moses was making the issues with God and continuing with God about his speech, I'm not here to say that he stuttered or didn't stutter. He may have, but I think what he was really saying in that, because if you look at all of the scriptures, Moses was the one having all the conversations with Pharaoh, but he was raised, he knew how to talk to the Egyptians. Yeah. He was like, I don't know how to talk like y'all church people talk. So he's like, I'm gonna give you people, I'm gonna give you Aaron, I'm gonna give you your sister back, I'm gonna give you your brother back. Yeah. And they're gonna help translate. Because these people are going to hate you if you don't have a translator. Yeah. These people are not going to receive you, but you are of them, but but strategically and divinely called out. And the same people you called out to deliver may hate you for it. Yeah. So then he gives you strategic people alongside to kind of help buffer all of that hate and shade. You got to have a middleman. I mean, you got to. God is wise. You got to. You got to have. And just just to look, if somebody watching is like, sometimes you just, from my personal experience, you get into a season where. You like God is saying you fill your cup. Like I need you to yes. fill your cup right now. There's going to be a season where you overflow and have to give. But like, like whatever I say, because it's all mine anyways. But I'm I'm filling it up right now. I don't need you giving it away right now. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't need you I don't I don't need you. I don't need you to do a bunch of favors right now. Right now I need I need you to get yours. Yeah. This season get you right now. Because I'm setting you up so that you can come and. Deliver some, some somebody else. I'm setting you up so that you can get your bag right right the now. Whole word, y'all so that it. you can, you know what I'm saying? But I'm right right now, I need you to I need you to fill, fill your up. cup. I need Stop you to fill, fill up. up. Yeah. Fill up before you, you know what I'm saying? Before you my car on E right now, maybe it's walk around, walk around trying to be mini Jesus. You know what I'm saying? It's like, no, there's only one Jesus. There's only one Savior. And if you if you stop at everybody's storm, you'll never reach your destination. No. You know what I'm saying? So it's like <laughs> Listen, drop the cash out the will of the day. If you, if you stop it through everybody's that's storm, whole, and it's like, and it's the whole blessing. As a human, as a human, as a good yeah. human, I mean, all of us got our ways, but as somebody with some sort of heart, it's hard, especially especially when you see someone and and they've been through something that you have been through. Yeah. That you that that yes, you have been through, and that and that and that you know what it feels like. Hey, like I want to help them right now, but at the moment in my life, I can't do it, and I feel so bad because I know what it feels like to be where you at. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, but I, I still gotta say no at this very moment because as but a also because you've been there, you're proof that they won't die. They won't they die. Survive. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And that's so true. that can kind of yeah, help you, good. help you. Yeah. In your no. Yeah. It can help you. It's just like, you know, because I've been there, I really want to help you. I know what I feel, but I also, because I can say that from the perspective of where I am now, me saying no won't kill them because it, won't it didn't kill, kill me. Yeah. It did, yeah, that's facts. Yeah, I'm living proof, uh, but it's like, it, it, you have to do that. Like, you have to be... You owe and, it and, to yourself, and people to say your being, future, your destiny, yeah. your purpose. And, it's, and people say, it's like, I'm, I'm being selfish, but it's not being selfish. It's like, no, because like, I was talking to my friend. I was like, at one point in time when, when we was going through certain stuff, I got offended with people because they didn't, because they said no to some things that I thought they should have said yes to for me. Yeah. But now I'm on the other end, and now I'm, I'm having to say no to situations. And now I'm like, okay, I, 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 I don't, I'm not as offended no more. I didn't grew up a little bit. Now I see why you said no. Not as offended, but also, can I get, maybe you can attest to this. But when your heart is still there, but you've been, you're getting with God about realigning and reprioritizing. Yeah. What people often don't see is when you do say no to them, it breaks your heart too. Yeah. They and do. it's a new boundary that you're setting. And so you have to wrestle Ooh, with the. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's a, you have to, I remember having to say no to a friend about something. And they were really in need, and I and I, 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 it wasn't a dismissal of their need. Mm-hmm. I saw it. I wanted to be able to help, but I, w- I just was not willing to help in the way that they were asking because it would disturb some priorities and boundaries that I set in place. Yeah. And it was tough because I knew that I could, but I was choosing not to. I thought it was a wiser decision to say no. I could have said yes. I had 
I had the resources to say yes. They saw and knew that I had the resources to say yes. But in honor of my own boundaries and my own capacity levels at that time, I said no. And it broke my heart, but I couldn't let them see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's you a, know, I mean, it's real. Like, like, that's like, that, that that, and nobody talks about that side of it. When you, the first time you really establish a boundary and 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 stay true to the contract you made with yourself. Ooh, that part. Yeah. It hurt. You know, it don't feel good. It's just like this is new for me. Saying no is new for me too. And usually people are coming to you, they especially if they keep coming, is because they're used to your yes. Yeah. And you're used to your yes. Yeah. And so when you start saying no. Yes, other people, people that are used to your yes are going to feel some kind of way. But also, just for everybody that's in that moment, that no is going to feel new for you, too. And you're going to have to fight through some resistance to go back on your no as well. Respect. And nobody yourself. talks about that part of it, you know, where it's just like, I have to say no, and I have to hold firm, and I got I to gotta keep my game face off, keep my game face yeah. on. But when I get off this phone, after I said this no... It's breaking me down a little bit, too, yeah. because this is my first time exercising my boundaries, too. Yeah. And yeah. I know that I could say yes, but it's not the most expedient or wise thing. And you would drive, you would, you would drive yourself. But clean. I'm growing as a person, and I'm grow- And these are my growing pains on the back end. Yeah. But the other time, sometimes the person who might feel some type of way because they're, they're on the receiving end of your no doesn't understand the inner emotional turmoil it takes for you to even stand on your no yeah. or again Man, keep the contrary that you made with yourself when you set those boundaries. <laughs> listen, that, listen, that is so powerful. And so hopefully I can encourage somebody That's powerful. that when you do say no, it's not I think sometimes, especially with like the social media, the the, the means and reels that come through, that, that saying no is easy. Like child no, like it's not if you really care, it's not that easy. If it was that easy, you would have been had that wall up. You would have been put that boundary in place. But for somebody whose heart is toward yes to anything I can do, I'm willing to help wherever I can. And you have to preserve the capacity of your cup. And like I gotta build up to overflow. I got some. Your no, we got to do a part two of this. I'm yeah, a, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to bring a guest on this on the part two of this. Ooh. But your no will determine your tribe because knows knows yeah. like when like when I start saying no, when I say the the, the people that associate with me went from here to like, woo, and now it's like not even saying no, but just saying like okay, and to talk about the whole uh, reciprocation, like it was a lot of one way. So I so when I started waiting on the they're in the come. It's like you know what I'm saying? it's it's like this. This is what I mean without getting too deep. You ever been around somebody who only want to talk about what they got going on? Yes. And the minute that you talk about what you got going on, it's not much of a conversation. Yeah. That's when I'm like you gotta okay. go. Yeah. Gotta it's run. like oh well, I gotta do such and such. Yeah. So it's like you know what I'm All saying. Right, talk to you later. Oh okay. We yeah. Gonna, we gonna have a part two of this. And I'm I'm gonna try to bring an extra body because I want a part two of you OU man. But do y'all got any last? Uh, we we gonna we gonna got any last words? Any 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 announcements? I I want to shout out. Um, my good friend Kenya R. Ransom. Okay. Um, she just released the second issue of All Things Loop magazine. All Things Loop magazine. Young black women, um, magazine owners, and I actually my first really um start out writing for magazines years ago was writing for an, uh, her magazine. It was called Action Magazine at the time. Um. And then when I put out Royal Ink, she was so excited for me because she was doing magazines long before I knew I was supposed to do them, you know. And so she was so supportive of me with everything I was doing with Royal Ink. And then she was like, I'm ready to get back into a magazine now. She had built all things loop. She's a, a master network strategist. She has um, she's all about collaboration. And, you know, we're really big on that. Um, when I talk about a lot of us that are doing the same thing with a different expression, I'm always talking about like what I do with Royal Ink. I think is the same thing that we're doing with the podcast, but it's your it's your is it your expression? Yeah, she's really doing the same thing with all things Loop. Okay, um, but it's just a different expression. But it's a very collaborative effort. It's her, collaborative effort. It's her vision, but she kind of pulled on the 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 behind the scenes machine of Royal Ink to kind of help put that out. Okay, so what's and the name? So, of um, her name is Kenya R. Ransom. Kenya Follow R. her. Follow at Kenya Ransom, and then um. 
I may have gotten that wrong, but it'll show up if you look. But then also at all things loop. A loop stands for live it, own it, obtain it on purpose. I like it. And she's been like consistent it. to that that like name it. and that brand for a long time. She's brought together so many um, business professionals, young black business professionals from all over the country. Um, the first one, she did a whole segment, um, and I'll post links to it on my, on my timeline. She, the first one, she highlighted black fathers, and she waited until Father's Day passed so that pe she knew it, yeah. they, people knew it wasn't a hype. She just highlighted seven black fathers. Um, the the uh, cover of the launch issue was a DJ, DJ Ron Steele. This, this, this issue is so informative. She's highlighting six publicists and they talk about really the world especially in the world of content creation where all this entertainment and things are going on and is um these amazing publicists the feature um her name is reagan farley they got a whole several page spread and, a, and an interview but also she highlights six other publicists that are making moves and really talking about the day-to-day -day and the behind the scenes and what it really takes and you may have celebrities and you may not but it doesn't mean you can't be successful yeah. but this has always been Kenya's heart and she just had a birthday yesterday um hey, happy so birthday. happy birthday to Kenya she's out in Hawaii so okay. she's like six hours different from us you know, okay. but she and her husband got married during the pandemic, so this is her birthday. But they're just really getting their honey honeymoon. Yeah, so That's shout right. out to them. Right. I need one. But all things loop, she's got such a quality publication. But her vision, her brand. If you go back and look in February, she she every day, twenty one days celebrating Black excellence. I was one of the people she featured, yeah. but she had different people that she did full. Go to her YouTube page at All Things Loop, and you can see what she's doing. Same thing I do with the magazine, everyday people, but she really focuses in on a on an entrepreneur business perspective and the, the shine that she's giving to these people and her heart for connecting people. All and I will loop. say this, all things loop in the spirit of collaboration, Royal Ink Magazine is featured in her publication. So your voice is in this last issue because okay. it's a clip from the interview. Mm -hmm. And so many people <laughs> Because we figured out this whole digital system, her magazine has links to mine. So everybody featured in Royal Ink are getting exposed to Kenya's audience. She's she's living, uh, she's from Gary, Indiana. She's yeah. really big in the Chicago area. And so everybody from the first three issues, that's all we've had so far. But everybody that's been featured in Royal Ink, you're tapped into Kenya's audience through the power of collaboration. Willie, you in there. Shanika, you in there. I, I appreciate Shirts it. Is in there. I you appreciate know what I'm saying? It. So that is the power of that collaborative movement. We're all doing the same thing, but the expression is different. So there's no need to compete. Even her cover story, Reagan Farley talks about, you know, um, the collaborative work that she does. And there's really no need to compete because we're all so unique yeah. that there's room for all of us and we could grow better together and get more traction in a single area if we collaborate our efforts instead of compete there. But also we're unique enough to where we're not stepping on each other's toes. Everybody in their own lane. It's so good. But um, it just dropped yesterday. I think it's going to be a bi a bi-monthly publication. So every couple of months she'll put one out. Mm -hmm. The first one came out. Um, these were kind of back to back. The first one came out in June. She wanted this one out for her birthday. I understand that. I dropped the second issue of Royal Ink on my birthday. But after this, it'll be every two months. But I'm telling you, when I say look, and, and hers is shorter than mine. It's like 25 to 30 pages where yeah. mine is like 80 to 100. Yeah. It's quick, very focused. Like here, we're talking about publicists. Here's a, the big main feature. Here's She likes to do lists. So here's six that you should know. Here's where you can find them, connect with them. Here's some reels from them. Here's an entertainment feature. Here's a message from me. And then we done. Okay. And so it's so informative and packed into a very easy viewing and intake experience. It's a lot of video content. But shout out to Kenya and All Things Loop. The new issue just dropped all, yesterday. All Things Loop. All Things That's Loop. That's fire. Well, listen. It's been a dope podcast, man. Listen, uh, I am your host, Willie G. We got Miss Audrey in the building. All right, y'all. We got we got the queen in the building, Keandra. Hey. Yo, and we are, we, we out of here, man. We are No Labels Podcast. We are out. We are All right, No Labels guys. Podcast. All right. All right, Facebookers, we're out. And all right, Instagram fam. Hey. We still on.